0: Listening to the Salty Witches podcast. Um, I am your host Austin, and then we have host A, uh, Michael over <laughs> no, here. No
1: one's gonna get the context.
0: No of one's that. gonna get that. We we did a mic check beforehand to test a setting of the mic, and it works really well. And I said, "This is side One," and the mic was like, "This is Side A," because no, I will said, never. No, follow. you said
1: your voice one. Oh. Or speaker one, and I was like. Well, I don't want to be voice B or speaker B. So I was voice A because I will never follow you.
0: No one ever wants to follow me. People
1: follow you all the time. Don't even act like that. You were like super popular online.
0: Not really, but okay.
1: <clears throat> so our our uh meaningless chatter just now actually is on theme for the evening because we don't have meaningless chatter. Sometimes I feel that's really all that we do on this podcast, though we have listeners who tell us that they are actually learning things so, so apparently. So apparently we do, we do provide some good information here and there. Um, but as I was saying, we're we're on brand or on theme for the night because we don't have a topic of interest tonight. This is what I would assume would probably be a rare episode where we're just kind of just we're just gonna shoot the shit and just kind of talk a little bit. And probably get silly, and I can see the panic in my
0: eyes. Oh, there's no panic. Just total panic. No. We're gonna have an ASMR episode where I just don't, don't like this the entire time. I don't know if anybody can actually hear you. Can yeah, they can. Hear it's actually popping up on the thing. It's because this mic is super sensitive.
1: Anyway, <laughs> there there were some things that we did discuss. Not not things that would be. Uh, I think. Okay. Um, uh, not things that I think would be worthy enough for an entire podcast this evening, but some things that, that we had kind of encountered over the last couple of days that we were like, oh, you know, maybe we, maybe we should just kind of talk about this. Just have some some informative and also hopefully some some entertaining conversation around these things. So,
0: yes. So prepare yourself. Yeah. All right. For <clears throat> the saltiest episode or maybe not the salt. That's a
1: that's a big claim. That's anyway. A-
0: <clears throat> Make sure Sorry. you have your water because it's going to be super salty.
1: So I know one of the things that that we found ourselves speaking about earlier today was goetic spirits mm-hmm. and and demons. Mm-hmm. Um, and to be clear, we of course we are not discussing the false concept of demons that we see existing in a faith. Okay. What's, what's your, I'm very curious about what your, what your take on, on that is, actually, since we kind of talk about that. Because I'm, I'm of the opinion that the demonic spirits that we see popping up in uh, the experiences of religious people, that those actually are probably more likely egregores that have been created by the faith and the fear of many of those religions. What your,
0: what's your what's your take on that? So I'm just curious. I would agree with that. I would also say that it's not necessarily an egregore sometimes as much as it is a pesky parasitic entity that has gone Ooh, mm-hmm. this person lives a life of fear um nom, nom, yeah nom, okay nom. all right I and
1: would
0: the agree more that. fear it gets right. fed the more powerful and more strong it becomes and then it can physically interact with you it can cause scratches it can move things and all that other stuff mm-hmm. and it, it, it's funny because i can't tell you how many times we have people come in the shop and they're i have a demon <gasps> there's a demon after me mm-hmm. there's a demon in my house and it's like no, what makes you so special that Astaroth would want to, like, show up and be like, hey, I'm here to torture you, fool. Like, mm-hmm. I don't. Well, those are the
1: conversations that we have with a lot of people. And then it's it's always funny to me because they'll start relaying the experiences they're having that, that have them believe that they are uh, experiencing demonic
0: activity. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the time it's, it's nothing. No, a lot of the time it's like, do you have a teenager in the house? <gasps> yeah, how did you know? Uh, yes, you have poltergeist activity yeah. because you have a teenager who is repressing abilities or is having some Or it's there just
1: day. your average angsty teenager. So, yeah. all right. So, but okay. So, what we were discussing earlier around this topic, though, was this what seems like this inclination for people who are, um, I'm trying to be PC here, okay, but people who are experiencing, um, I would say, relatively serious issues around like mental and emotional health, mm-hmm. or you know, they're 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 being challenged around maintaining some balance there, and this interest that many of these people have around working with goetic spirits and demons.
0: Yeah, I've I've noticed that. I mean, it's it's also akin to, you know, individuals who seek out. Th- th- now, this is nothing against high magic practitioners, um, but like it's the people who seek out like philemic and high magic things, and they've like blown their brains across the freaking universe because they're already in a mentally unstable place, and now they're dealing with energies which mm-hmm. can create some issues in the psyche. Mm.
1: Um, so would it be fair to say, um, and I'd like you, to, you know, in your words for this, would it be fair to say that, um, First of all, I want to make it very clear: we are in no way are we trying to shit on people who are neurodivergent or people oh no, who are dealing not. with mental and emotional illness. Of course not. Everyone is. Everyone is. Point, right? I. I'm, so I have ADD. But we know that on a spiritual level, that those kinds of things can make the energy, and as a result, the the personal energy, and as a result, the spiritual energy um, of the of those people. Um, and I'm talking specifically people who are not in control.
0: Yes. Okay.
1: That, that's that's the key that, there. Yeah. But it, those people, by nature, can be a bit chaotic already. Yes. In their behavior, and then just in kind of the way that they're thinking, and then they they seem to seek out or they have a desire to work with spiritual energies that are not evil, not necessarily harmful, but. Also highly chaotic. Mm-hmm. Water seeks its level. Like, Would you say that it would probably be a better idea for someone that was struggling with maintaining mental health to avoid
0: working with demons as spirits? Agreed. If, if your mental health is not in control, if you don't have some semblance of <clears throat> balance in that particular area of your life, then yeah, it's probably best that you take a step back and work with energies that could be a little bit more stable and i'm not talking i'm not talking gods either because there are plenty of gods out there (laughs) that are pretty chaotic that's true i mean even 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 our beloved hecate has some heavy chaotic things and it's Mm -hmm. not that she's she shows up if you're in that state to make it worse Mm -hmm. it's just her energy naturally will exacerbate those things because you're already sensitive to it well so I, i guess
1: so and again here's another kind of something I've noticed and kind of maybe my, my position or my take on that these spirits that we often choose to work with particularly when maybe we're in a space in our lives where we're not as in control as we might like to be or would be as healthy for us to be I guess Yeah. it is not necessarily the energy of these spirits that is likely to increase the chaos in our lives but I think it has a lot more to do with our perception in those moments is probably not as clear as it could be we're likely or I think more likely to misinterpret things, experiences within the realm of the spiritual. We're just we're not really thinking and processing things as uh, we'll say as, as straightforward, maybe as we, as we, we could be mm-hmm. when we were feeling a greater sense of control. And so it's not necessarily the spirit, but really, I think more the human in that scenario that is responding to the spirit. I would what's agree. Your, what's your, what's your, what's I'd your,
0: agree, probably about ninety yeah. percent, and then the other ten okay. percent of that is like, it's the energy. If you're already yeah. if you're already sensitive to energies, you know, I mean, using this isn't a daemon, um example, but like malachite, I I cannot. We don't get along. Beautiful stone. I can work with it if I have to, but I have to work with it in spurts, and part of it is because I'm a manic depressive. And it exacerbates those energies. And so when I have that stone, it it's almost like that energy is just a little bit too much on that scale. And I can feel myself start to tip. So so I, I would say that's very much akin to working with those other types of spirits. Okay. Is, you know, if you have, again, going back to my example of <clears throat> Astaroth awesome goetic spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're already in a state that is hyper, I don't want to say vigilant, but hyper aware, mm-hmm. and you're working with this energy, not only are you going to potentially misinterpret it, but when this energy interacts with you, it's going to teeter you, off of the edge or teeter you closer to going off the deep end
1: okay alright so I guess what's what's the takeaway if there were an informative piece to some of this conversation so far are we I guess basically are we saying that those of you who have an interest in working with demonic spirits uh, other spirits of different types that might have, be or be more inclined to be interpreted as having a more chaotic kind of a manifestation would it be better to hold off Until you actually found maybe a greater position of stability in your life.
0: I'd agree with that. Uh, I think that really is the takeaway here. And and that pretty much goes for anything else that you'd be working with on a spiritual level. I mean, we have, I have a student who's recently had to take a huge step back because of issues that they're dealing with. Like how big, like we're talking like 10 feet, 20 feet, like how big is huge? I'm talking like... Like, completely remove themselves from said community. Okay. Um, And it's sad and it's unfortunate, but if you're not healthy and you're not stable and you're not in a place, if you're not in a mundanely healthy place, you're not going to be in a magically healthy place. You know, those two things overlap. And that is not me saying if you are sick in the mundane world that your magic is sick. I'm saying if you can't gain control of the mundane world, magic's not going to help you because that also requires some semblance of control. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm good with that. Yeah, so. And so you know, trying to throw a spell at something when you're not in control and you're not in control of your magic, it's just gonna chaos abound. Yeah.
1: yeah. And again, that has less to do with the the magic in that situation or the what would you call it, say, the, the external energies and influences and really kind of more yes. to do with your perception, right? Yes, it would, okay. be,
0: it would be your perception and your internalized energy. Okay, all
1: right. So, okay. What's something else? I'm trying to think of, we, we, we talk about so many different things just, just on average here, just day to day, with some of what we are dealing with directly, some of what we're we're getting from clients and students, sometimes even just the customers that come in and want to talk. Mm -hmm. Um, Oh, I know one other thing that kind of hit my radar in the last couple of days, and this was something that popped up in uh, one of the local pagan uh, Facebook groups that we, uh, I think, admin. Um, But the concept of magical names. Oh, okay. And I, you know, I'll be completely honest, I, um, I, I think my generation was the one that kind of came just after, like, the big, like, popular everybody that's a practitioner should have a magical name kind of phase i mean and maybe maybe i'm not interpreting that correctly but i i'm thinking of generations that we see Mm -hmm. i mean generations of age i'm talking like like age groups right that we see within our community right and and it does seem to me that people that are kind of 60-ish plus years of age Mm -hmm. who are practitioners within the community kind of in the heyday or, like, the height of their involvement in the pagan and witchcraft community, um, that, that really kind of seems to me like there was, like, a big boom of, like, oh, you should have a magical name if you're going to be doing this. Kind of like, I want to say, like, in, like, the 50s and 60s, maybe. Um, I, I would
0: say that. I would say it probably comes around from, um, obviously, the rise of Wicca. Yeah. Because in Wicca, you have a name, and normally you'll have... And this is not something that I'm oath-bound about. Um, I can talk about this, actually. You have three names, usually, that you'll have. Mm -hmm. Um, One is one that you'll get once you're initiated. It's basically your lineage. Mm -hmm. Um, You'll have another one that you get to use only with your coven. Yeah. Okay. And then there's the third name that not even your high priest or high priestess is supposed to know. It's supposed to be be between you and the gods. Okay. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's meant to be the third one between you and your gods is meant to be some semblance of sacredness. It's okay. supposed to be like, this is my connection. Yeah. This is what they know me by. So that way, when I, when I call them, it's kind of like my signature. Like they know that. Right. Okay. Um, the second one, when it's just your coven, that is one that used to be to protect and protect you. You know, yeah. if you if I'm Austin Tony in the mundane world, if I show up and there's other people around me, and I don't want to go back to my corporate America job, and have people know my magical name, then I'd have that. It'd be a form of protection. And the first one is obviously logistics lineage.
1: Okay. Well, I mean, well, you mentioned something there that I think is is kind of, and this is, you know, what I. I there are many traditions that involve the use of magical names oh yes of course um you know and yes i think that it did kind of rise once again we saw this this concept of the popularity of this concept once again kind of with the rise of wicca in the in the mid 1900s but but again many traditions prior of course there were, were you know would utilize magical names and so but i guess in bringing this up i wanted to kind of talk about the practical pieces of this and you kind of mentioned one of them that the use of Something like a, a magical name, you know, like there there's protection in that, mm-hmm. you know. Um, you mentioned um, protection that would be, I think, more within the realm of the mundane, you mm-hmm. know. Like you don't want your employer, you know, maybe to find out that you're you write for a local pagan zine, right? Um, or you know, you don't want your, you know, it could be anybody, right? Mm-hmm. You know, the, the, you know, we we are seeing. We're seeing this a little less nowadays, I think, in that people have, I think, a little more freedom over spiritual practice, though there are certainly people out there that would like to, again, deny us that. Um, seems like they're popping up again more and more, actually. But um, but this was something that could be uh, used to protect us on a spiritual level as well. There are a lot of uh, practices, spiritual practices out there that Therese. yes, that would involve spirits where like, you know like the, this is probably not a spirit that you want to have your name. And that's an odd concept because I, I was having this conversation with someone around this this week, this this idea of spirits knowing your name. Mm-hmm. And the first thing I want to say is that's not true of every spirit. There are some spirits, particularly those that you actually work those most closely with, you want those spirits to have your name. Mm-hmm. Um, But other kinds of spirits that are, you know, again, maybe known for being a bit more um, chaotic or mysterious or mischievous, you know, um, you want to make sure that maybe they don't have that. And there's this idea when you look at the folklore about spirits having your name. It's not that they don't learn your name because spirits will observe your life. They will learn your name but it had I think a bit more to do with you actually speaking your name to the spirit. It was like you were giving the spirit your name Mm -hmm. by speaking it in in a somewhat ceremonial or ritualistic context. Yes. So
0: what is your what would you What would you add to that, Austin, as far as your knowledge of the lore there? Or well, I agree with that. I mean, in, in, in if you're if you're working with fairy or if you come across a fairy, you don't give them your name, just like they're not going to give you your their name.
1: Well, can you think of other spirits though? Because we we've talked about fay, uh, but there are other spirits though. Demons,
0: demons, demons are okay. demons. You don't want them to have your name. Um, what if you formed a contract with those? That that those spirits. Even if you form a contract with them, you could. Y- you probably don't want them to have your name. Okay. In my understanding, you probably want to be like, you can call me this. Okay. You know. All right. Um, what because about? Because it will still give them a tether to you because you've spoken. Yeah. This is what you can call me. Okay. But you haven't said my given name is.
1: So what about um say something like. What about spirits that are more closely associated to death? What about like, like restless dead or unquiet dead?
0: I don't know if I would be, um, this is, this is where a lot of people are going to differ and it's going to differ in practices because I don't really care. Like I'm probably not going to willingly give that information up to them, Okay. but I also know that if I need to, I can banish them. Okay, I mean, I well. There are rituals <coughs> where you can well, well ab- them.
1: absolutely. But say, if you were someone maybe who wasn't familiar with said rituals, or someone that maybe was kind of they were encountering something. Oh yeah, and for you probably don't want to give your name. So okay. Those energies. always best to play it safe. Those, I'm un- quiet dead in particular. I think really the issue there is that they they can be um, disruptive. They can be disruptive to your day to day life. They they yes. they can be very parasitic. Yes. In nature, and yeah, you you would, would probably not want to see one of those spirits have that kind of personal mm-hmm. connection to you. i yeah. agree with that. So, what about others? What, what would you think about, like, um, there are so many, now my mind is wandering, about, like, elementals or
0: djinn, things like that. Although oh, it'd be difficult to hide that from a djinn. Yeah. I mean, you wouldn't want to willingly give that up to them, yeah. I guess. I guess it comes down to, like, how superstitious are you? Yeah, I guess that's, that's fair. You know, and for me... Um, I'm not going to give a spirit my name unless it is, um, a God, Yeah. you know? Um, and, and even then it's not like gods are just popping up and being like, yo, what's your name? Let's hang out. You know, yeah. uh, I work pretty exclusively with our, our coven spirits, but mainly Hecate. She's, mm-hmm. she's kind of my, yeah. our, my main thing here. And, and of course Hecate is going to know my name. She's a fucking goddess. Yeah. She predates everything. <laughs> so she's like, mm-hmm. Yeah, you could not give me your name, but I still know your name. Yeah. Because I'm omnipotent. Mm. Okay. You know, um, so, so I wouldn't personally willingly give up that name. Um, and I guess it depends on, like, how bad do you want the thing you're requesting? Yeah. Okay. Dost thou wish to
1: live deliciously? I, I like to think that I do live deliciously. That's why I'm fat. Wouldst thou like to know the taste of butter? Well, that's enough of that. Um, You mentioned superstition a moment ago, and that that maybe is kind of an interesting segue. I was having an interaction with someone. This has probably been a couple of weeks ago now. But um, someone came into the shop, and through the course of just random conversation, the topic of the skinwalker came up.
0: Skindy nope's,
1: yeah, I guess. Um, and this person, I should clarify, we're talking like a like blue-eyed blonde. Through the course of our conversation, she made it very clear she has no affiliation with any of the local indigenous community. Okay, and she's all freaked out about skinwalkers. And there's a part of me that was like, okay, well, I, you know, I'm trying to be obviously very sensitive to the culture and the beliefs and the superstitions mm-hmm. of the local indigenous community. But there was a part of me that really kind of wanted us to grab her and shake her and say, you're a white chick. Skinwalkers want nothing to do with you. Yeah. This is this isn't your culture. This isn't your belief. This isn't your superstition. This isn't, you know, like, what are you doing? you know and and in that situation and of course through that conversation it kind of just became clear that you know that she really she just was looking for anything to be afraid of it was really kind of what it was mm-hmm. you know and and we we deal with people like that regularly right so that wasn't really an issue but i guess there's a part of me that's kind of like okay where is that line between these beliefs and superstitions that are so inherently connected to or, or are ingrained or rooted in Um, the practices of particular communities, in this instance, the indigenous community, Mm -hmm. certain indigenous communities, Um, you know, and, and in the process of respecting traditions and things that are closed, does that not also mean that these kinds of superstitions and beliefs, like, would this not also be something that would be a part of a closed tradition? You know, like, so I guess as a magical practitioner, that's kind of where I'm at. I'm like, because I'm not saying that I have an idea on this. It's just, it's got me wondering. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I'm like, okay, so if you didn't really put your belief or your superstition into something like the Skinwalker, um, as a, would it be a cryptid? I guess it would be a cryptid, right? A type of cryptid? I guess it would be a type of cryptid. I mean, it's a spirit as well, but like, you know. it's a spirit, but but it's
0: also in, in certain certain tribes and if you talk to certain indi- individuals if they will talk to you if they'll talk to you it's it's a sorcerer it's well there, there it's are, like an there actual are, yeah. physical there human there are like a few stories yeah. around that kind of
1: like what makes one a skinwalker which kind are of like horrible things come from. yeah well yeah but I guess I guess that's kind of like that. Like it just it just had me wondering and again and I'm not trying to like take one position or another it mm-hmm. was just one of these conversations I had that got me thinking like you know if, if we're going to to be honest about respecting these things and we're acknowledging like that yes that there are traditions and practices that not everybody necessarily is a part of wouldn't that include those things too yes you know like i, I, I guess. you would
0: think yes um i, I guess it's how hard the line gets drawn because the line is really really hard on certain things and yeah. really flexible depending on who you talk to yeah. um on on other things I mean, well, the problem, I think, well, not the problem. I shouldn't say the
1: problem, but I think that in the process of drawing those lines, usually the people who shouldn't have it are mm-hmm. the ones that, they're, they're the ones holding the chalk. Yeah. Right? Um, you know, they're the people who shouldn't be drawing the lines are usually the ones that are drawing the lines. You yeah. know, you've got a lot of, I think... Um, Performative allyship and a lot of within the spiritual community and Mm -hmm. others and other other communities but but within the spiritual community there seems to be a lot of performative allyship and um, A lot of people who are trying to police and protect things Mm -hmm. You know, and then a lot of the time you have people that are actually a part of that community and they're like we got this Don't worry about it. You know Mm -hmm. like you're actually becoming more of a problem now. Yeah, you know uh, Thank you so much you know but really like back off. you know in the process of trying to help us all you're doing is making more problems for us would mm-hmm. you please stop you know and so yeah so I guess that was just kind of where I was at I was like okay so if you don't if you weren't likely to put your faith or your fear into something like the skinwalker and the in the stories and the and kind of the lore around that would you really need to be fearful of that spirit <clears throat> like okay okay so here okay so okay uh, skinwalker ranch right which mm-hmm. is nearby right? Uh, well, not not super nearby, but you know, you know, Close not, not, not too far from. Ottawa. It's in Utah. Yeah, exactly. You know, so okay, so that is it in Utah? I thought it was like on the border. I thought it was like between Utah and another. Anyway, I mean, it, it probably is. But, That's okay. Yeah. Anyway, so you got two people who find themselves, for whatever reason, middle of the night, out on the land around Skinwalker Ranch. One mm-hmm. of them is a local indigenous person who actually has superstition and fear around Skinwalker. Okay and and knows what they are right Has you know has, you know and you've got some uh, some white dude who knows nothing about any of that doesn't really put of those two which one do you think is more likely to, to be attacked by a skinwalker I'm just curious what's your what's your take on that
0: I want it to be the white dude <laughs> well I mean I was going to say I, ideally neither um, I would hope both of those people neither, would be but safe ideally neither here, here's the thing um if I were to the fear from the indigenous person is for obvious reasons because the stories that are told, but also that fear comes with an immense respect of like, okay, we just don't talk about you. We let you do your thing. Leave us at the luck alone. Yeah. Um, whereas the white man would be like, <laughs> oh, oh, I think he's so big and bad. He totally zack bacons it. Oh my God. This is what's happening in my brain <sighs> right now.
1: Our middle-aged white men white cultures skinwalkers. walkers.
0: Dun dun, dun. I this think you just I, sh- I should like add it like a sound. I add. think
1: you just figured something out. This is you know the black we're helicopters are gonna show up any minute now. You know we're done. We're dead. solving the
0: world's problems. Though. Well
1: yeah but you know i we're, we're you know we're gonna we're That's gonna That's okay.
0: Y'all won't hear from me next week. Bye. If you guys if we
1: disappear mysteriously in the next couple of days you'll know why. It's because we we figured something out. Um
0: okay. Um but I do believe that um I don't know, knowing what I know about them because of the friends and the connections that I have, mm-hmm. that spirit wouldn't care either way. It'd be like, I'm gonna get both of you. Why not? Okay. Okay. You know? Well I guess I am well, like, okay, so I can I guess the reason I'm
1: going there, okay, and maybe to clarify my answer to you I know I keep interrupting you, I'm sorry. Okay. Um but I do it to you all there now. are yeah you do. There are um, there's kind it. of this idea in other traditions that like the less you talk about something, the mm-hmm. less you know about something, the less you consciously choose to interact with something in mm-hmm. some capacity, that you are somehow kept a bit
0: safer from mm-hmm. that thing.
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: you, you know, you see that also in practices like Hoodoo. Oh well, yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, I think folk it's magic. all it's all over the place. Yeah, yeah
1: you know, um, I mean, pretty much any folk tradition is going yeah. to have some concept of like if we don't talk about it it'll leave us alone yeah right kind of the idea so i guess there's just a part of me that's like is trying to apply that or is kind of like you know like, like kind of just positing like you know would that work the same way for something you know like i that? i
0: can i can say that and the reason i i i, I i'm agreeing with you on this is because you're 100 like i i feel you i i'm vibing with that would um, you say i was 100 accurate or correct yes um that's
1: right that's on video now, or, or audio now. Yeah, that's right. You telling me I'm 100% correct. You can't take it back. Very rarely do I tell you, no, that's wrong.
0: Anyway, you were saying? Um, but, like, my best friend Sarah, um, <clears throat> if I'm with her and her sister Meg, and we talk about these things, mm-hmm. they start to get squeamish. Yeah, it
1: gets awkward real fast.
0: And th- you, it's almost like the energy shifts mm. because that fear almost sends up like this flare of like tasty. Tasty? Yeah, like oh. Oh, there's something delicious over there. There's some good old-fashioned
1: fear. So this is this in this instance this is the skinwalker saying the, this. Yes, the skindy nope.
0: Okay, gotcha. Um and because of that, it's almost like that would bring more attention to it but they also will talk about it a little bit with me because they trust my ability as a practitioner to keep us safe and so it's this strange kind of like like we got this but also let's not talk about it yeah until
1: that's an an interesting idea now that you, you mentioned that that i don't know I, I, this, this is my, my personal belief and I've seen and the reason I believe this is because I've seen this to be true okay if you don't have some sort of personal connection to a particular tradition or practice or at least a shitload of knowledge around those traditions and practices mm-hmm you're really probably not the best magical practitioner to deal with something within that tradition. Oh, of course. Like I, I would I would not if someone came in here tomorrow saying, like, I have a skinwalker, a windigo, chupacabra, whatever the hell it would be, right? Whatever these cryptic you know, there are these things are these cultural things and every and again, they're everywhere, right? Every 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 community has mm-hmm. their um, I would probably have to say, like, I'm, I'm probably not the practitioner to help you with this. Oh, um, most I would, I would have to say, like, I, I, I'm nowhere near knowledgeable
0: enough about these things to, 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 to handle this for you. Most definitely, like, I, like it's, it's, it's. I'm not saying that I could handle it or anything like that, but I'm saying, like, if something were to pop off and I was there, I probably have enough knowledge just of how things work on a magical level that I could maybe get us out. Safely, I was so humble. I'm. It's not a. It's not arrogance or ego or humbleness. It's that. It. It's my understanding of. I trust my spirits. Mm-hmm. I trust them to keep me safe. Yeah, they might keep you safe, but what about Sarah and her sister Meg? They'll keep me safe, and because they can see that these are two people that I would care about, <laughs> they would they would extend that to them. <laughs> <coughs> if you say so okay that All right. that's my personal feels okay because i've been in situations where i've been with people who are who 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 on a magical and spiritual level are zip they're nil they're literally babies and w- when i'm there there's almost this sense of like with my spirits rallying their spirits, does that make sense? Yeah, it's almost like my spirits are like, "Hey, like we're not yours, but we know your spirits are here, so we're gonna get them rallied up as well." Okay, like we're we're gonna bolster each other because okay. my spirits are pretty cool with everyone. Gotcha. Well, they're cool with people that I'm cool with. Okay. God forbid if we're in a situation where someone who my spirits are not cool with and they're getting attacked, my spirits be like, "You safe, but they aren't." Mm. <laughs> I thought you were my friend. I was. Nice to meet you, girl. No, I'm a, I think the, I think the line is, "I'm gonna miss you." Carl. Oh, I'm gonna miss you, girl. Sorry. Um, Hashtag scared movie two. Uh, do
1: you feel? I'm just, I'm just curious because we're having this conversation, and I don't feel this way. But do you feel like on this podcast, do we, do we ever kind of veer off into tangents around, like, BIPOC issues? Like, do we go there too often? I don't think that we do. I, because for me, that's a huge component of witchcraft mm-hmm. <clears throat> and an alternative spiritual practice. You know, beyond that, I, I feel a, a personal motivation to continue to talk about those things because you know, I, I am I'm part of a minority group. You know,
0: and so, so I parts guess there's two minority groups. Three, yeah, yeah, three. If you want to, three LGBTQ Romani no. which oh, I mean, I get okay.
1: I get well, okay. the The witch is chosen, but but I guess yeah, the other two for sure count the LGBTQ community. I was thinking about the Romani community mm-hmm. specifically because that's definitely a that's that's a minority community, and mm-hmm. you know, and a lot of people don't see it as such, but it is. I was talking to um, one of my students
0: about uh, the depiction of Esmeralda in *Hunchback*. Ugh, yeah, and I was sitting there, and I was like, "This makes no sense because with everything she's wearing, she's supposed to be married. What the hell's happening?" Mm.
1: Yeah, yeah, the, that stereotypical image of Romani women. Yeah, a lot of a lot of people don't. Yeah,
0: well, it's also just usually one particular family that's being shown. And Esmeralda, when you look at her, it's the the, the uh, Calderash.
1: Well, I, the Calderosh wouldn't have been founded, because I believe that takes place in southern
0: France, doesn't it? It does, but yeah, the typical, but the... like, the imagery mm-hmm. is Calderash. Okay, well... And Disney so doesn't care. Po- possibly, yeah. yeah. Some
1: of that could be there. Yeah, that's true. I, basically, it's fair to say that, that a lot of the people who, because of the romanticization and the... Um, exotic what would you call it the exoticizing and uh lack of education around Mm -hmm. romani culture yeah like that that stereotypical image of of the romani woman is
0: not accurate Mm -hmm. correct um anyway back to uh the 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 conversation at hand um i think we talk about them as as we should i think we find a good balance and any of our bipoc individuals who'd be listening who would like us to shut the hell up about it you know please reach out to us and be like yeah you're talking about it too much um you're veering into that realm of like thank you for being an ally but shut the fuck up okay yeah you know feel free to to reach out to us and also let us know like yeah this is why and stuff like that so that way you can make sure that we're respecting you
1: it was just something that kind of popped into my mind i was like hmm because like i said i don't feel that we we talk about that too much because i think those are still important issues they're very very important
0: issues and as witches we should be talking about those things what, what else has gone on of late, Austin? Has your, your mind so, ticking? You're you're so much more up-to-date on the witchy drama than I am.
1: Well, I'm not talking about witchy drama. I'm just talking about like things that you've read or have heard in the recent days, at least since our last episode, that have kind of had you go like, hmm, yeah, what do I feel about this?
0: Um, I am so sick. Really? Of salt.
1: Of salt?
0: I'm so sick...
1: You you realize We're the salty witches Yes I'm very aware But what I'm talking
0: about Is salt and spell work I am so sick Ah, and tired I am so fucking sick and tired Are you still seeing this that much? Yes Every single time I scroll It's Make sure you use salt So your spell's protected Bitch You grounded that shit out Stop it You probably don't want to be Clapping that close to the microphone I wasn't that close Thank you But Like Stop why are you so afraid that you are going to ground your spell out before it happens? I, I had a conversation with with someone who came to the shop today, and they just kept saying, like, well, my spells aren't working, my spells aren't working, my spells aren't working. Like, I always make sure that I use salt and protect them. And I'm like, that's why your spells aren't working. You're using salt. Well, TikTok said. Like, okay, well, TikTok's wrong, and fuck off. I think it's, it's good to, to say, I think, just, just to get it out there. Like, yeah, you, you don't want to be a TikTok witch. Like, I'm a witch and I'm on TikTok, but I am so, so tired of it. You're sitting here and you're making a money bowl and you're putting salt in it to protect your money. You're grounding it out. Yeah. You're doing a self love spell. And you're using pink Himalayan salt because pink is for love. It's salt. The chemical and spiritual composition of it is still the same. It will ground, it will ground, it neutralizes energy. That's. <clears throat> That's why it's protective is because it neutralizes energy, good and bad. Yeah, that's true. You know? <coughs> and it's 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 so frustrating because you bring it up and people's response is, everyone practices differently. You're right. How's that new job spell working for you? Oh, I'm still waiting on it to manifest. And they always use that word, manifest. Mm. And I'm like, cool. Manifest is a perfectly okay word. I mean, the
1: light workers stole it, so, you know. You know, and I'm still here <clears> just throat> like... Throat> Well, I mean, that, I guess that, that's what it is, right? It's like the the, the proof is is in the result. Exactly. Right? I mean, you've got, you know, if, if or, or <laughs> what is it? The, the power is in the proof, right? Like if your spells are not working, you owe it to yourself to, to sit down and pick that spell apart and try to figure out.
0: Evaluate why. where it went wrong. Yeah. That is your job as a witch. You want your spells and you want your magic to work. Yeah. You have to be critical of your craft. Yep. And that means t- looking at your craft and going, "Oh, that was probably not the best idea." Instead of going, mm-hmm. "Everyone practices differently. Intentions key." Hashtag I wrote it in my tarot journal. Mm-hmm. Like fuck off. Mm-hmm. And I'm and this this same person was like, "Well, I don't speak anything out loud because I'm just a really quiet person. So I write it in my tarot journal." And I think that's enough. And I just kind of looked at her and I was like, "You just told me that none of the spells you're working worked, and you think that that's good enough? How about you try something different?" oh, I don't know, that's uncomfortable. Witchcraft isn't supposed to be comfortable. If that's your approach, if that's your approach, stop trying to be a witch, pay me, I'll do a spell for you, and you'll get the result you want. All right. You know? And it's, it's, it's really frustrating. It's just like these individuals who are just whipping things up and going, <laughs> I'm a chaos magician. I'm a chaos practitioner because I just do whatever the fuck I want. That's mm-hmm. only kind of sort of true of chaos magic.
1: Uh, I, I, I wouldn't even say that that was kind of true of chaos magic. I, I think that if your, if your sole focus in trying to be a chaos practitioner is just what you believe to be the mundane, interpretation of what chaos as a spiritual energy is then you really it's not fair for you to call yourself a chaos practitioner you might be some sort of practitioner but just doing what, just it. doing whatever the hell you want to do and deliberately trying to you know i guess set out to i don't know break the rules not that there are necessarily rules but you know that that really that that doesn't make you a chaos practitioner no it doesn't so, yeah, so I, get, I have a personal frustration with that because I, I do consider myself a chaos practitioner and I, I struggle with that a bit when I see that kind of conversation happening. So, you mentioned color a moment ago around um, Pink, Emily, and salt. Yes. Because yes.
0: yeah. pink is good for love.
1: Yeah. And I guess, you know, that, that, the, the first thing that kind of comes through my mind when I hear something like that is like, okay, well, who decided that? Who decided that pink was of benefit to love or, or was beneficial to love? You know, and, and again, again, I guess we have to, when we ask a question like that again, we really are, we're kind of dealing with another one of these like chicken or egg
0: mm-hmm. kind of
1: situations, right? Like is pink genuinely good for love or is pink really only good for love because the psyche of popular culture, we now have this association of pink and red and colors kind of within that spectrum as being like, okay, these are, these are our strong love, emotional associations with these colors, you know? The, you, you work as an energetic healer, mm-hmm. and, and I, I do that work as well, and for me, pink has never had anything to do with love. Pink is a very nurturing, healing energy, mm-hmm. and I see pink pop up a lot in the energetic bodies of children in particular. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, pink, there's just something about seeing pink in the aura of a, of a particularly young child, I'm talking like like infant yeah. to toddler age mm-hmm. child, and they'll have pink in their aura a lot of the time because it's a very nurturing Kind of color and, well, or energy, and it's soft, I should say. And it's innocent, <clears throat> but you know. So I've never really associated pink with love. Um, you know, but of course, everybody's free to maintain their own associations, mm-hmm. right? But but that's that's a conversation I've noticed that's come up again a bit in our community. You know, there's this idea that like, well, you know, color color doesn't really mean a lot of the time what you've been told it does. And to that
0: discussion, I, I have to kind of say I I agree. I would agree with that. <clears throat> I mean. I, it would be interesting to see where we got those, the original associations of those colors with, um, or we could even find that. Uh, part of me thinks... Well, there's some, some there's some information available out there. Part of that. me thinks that it might be in association with the the natural world. Mm-hmm. You know, if we look at um, how some flowers present themselves or how some animals mm-hmm. present themselves yeah. in terms of mating or for flowers when they're blooming and okay. they're and they're you know releasing pollen and stuff into the air okay um, we see more vibrant colors you know peacocks really good example they open up their entire tails the male peacocks and shake and flourish and they're these bright beautiful vivacious colors mm-hmm. um, and it's all about look at me look at me look at me look at me you know and when we look at flowers such as roses in particular, um it's such a pleasing smell and roses are reds pinks yellows whites so i guess it could also come from like the language of flowers because we're looking at things like black hellebore which doesn't really have a scent um but it has this connection to the underworld and invisibility because it blends in really well at night so i don't know so
1: well i mean so i mean there there is i think some scientific like anatomical Information out there to verify some of what you're saying. The the pink that we often associate with, not love necessarily, but pinks and reds as we associate them with, uh, like carnality, Mm -hmm. like sensuality, these kinds of things. Mm -hmm. Oh well, red's Um, totally. I mean, like well, blood. Well, but again, but I'm talking like on an anatomical level. Like we we understand that like, you know, genitalia, Mm -hmm. you know, like, you know, I mean, there there's, you know, at least for the majority of people, you know, there are usually some pinks and some reds that come up, right? I mm-hmm. mean, um, you know, even makeup. Women, women will rouge their cheeks and, mm-hmm. and put bright red lipstick on, or, or you know. Although for a time that was illegal to do, you couldn't yes. wear red lipstick because scandalous. you were you were then guilty of witchcraft because your red lips would bewitch the men yes. that would come into contact with you. Yes, just like um, cheese will
0: fascinate a woman.
1: yes. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. Some of old, all these old. Things are so silly. Um, These are are real things. If you do your research, you'll find this stuff. So I could see where pink and red would maybe have associations with love and sex and sensuality from even just purely anatomical, like Mm. more primal anatomical associations. Um, Blue has always been an interesting one for me because we actually see blue pop up a lot as a color associated with the spirit world. Uh Many cultures. Um, in different capacities. In some cultures, blue is seen as, like, this is a good thing. Like, mm-hmm. if we look at, like, Gaelic cultures, you know, Druids. Like, you know, blues, the use of woad mm-hmm. um, to paint the body by the Picts. I believe it was the Picts, right? Um, <coughs> okay. um, well, that's okay. The, the Gaelic tribes, right? Many of them, they, they would utilize woad as, mm-hmm. as paint and dye. You know, blue was seen as a magical kind of a color. And my, my understanding of the history there is that blue was seen as a a magical or a spiritual color because it was really, like, probably one of, like, the... It was one of the least uh, or the rarest colors Mm -hmm. to be found in nature. It didn't really occur uh, too commonly, naturally. Um, Where we see other cultures, say, like... uh, Well, like the Hoodoo culture and the Conjure community where we see the concept of haint blue Mm -hmm. where people will paint their front porches their walk-ups and their vestibules and things beautiful shades of blue Mm -hmm. Um, you know but the idea there is is that the blue in that situation is meant to be a ward against unwanted spirits so we have both these positive and negative kind of connotations you know Um, so I know that that's one of the reasons why I think blue continues to be a color that is of such significance within the spiritual community Mm -hmm. well also blue Um, sky and water, and right? And Those the water associated with, with water, yeah. With with so. the
0: heavens and the sea.
1: Well, and it's interesting because I was reading something just earlier today that indica- that reminded me that as humans, based on the limitations, and we talk a lot about how our physical bodies limit us mm-hmm. to the full experience of the spiritual, right? Which is what's supposed to be. That's supposed to be the case. Mm-hmm. You know, when we talk about that, it's not that we are, you know, being limited you know, because somebody wants to prevent us from being able to ascend or someone wants us, you know, it's not like conscious, like we're trying to keep you in your place, Mm -hmm. you know, but it really has a lot to do with the way that we kind of fit into the overall network of spirit and, um, you know, and, and being able to maintain or make sure that we kind of maintain an order in some sense. Right. Or Mm -hmm. that we, we kind of, you know, we kind of stay where we're supposed to, I guess, in some sense, you know, um, anyway, but, um, but seeing, um, are reading that information today and talking about how the human eye that we are only able to see within a certain range on the the, the light spectrum mm-hmm. um and the same is true of sound we're yeah. only we're only allowed to hear within a certain
0: sound mm-hmm. or a range of, of sound well and everyone's um, going to be different as well because <clears throat> oh yeah yeah i is yeah. that that ant thing that your mother
1: has. I hear it too. Yeah, she's got this thing. Yes, my, my mother, personal details here, but yes, my mother had a little bit of an ant infestation in her kitchen over the last month or so. Um, we don't know where they're coming from. Um, needless to say, it was a long and very chilly winter, and the, the ants decided they needed to, to move in to survive. But um, anyway, so yes, because she doesn't like killing the ants, mm. she doesn't want to poison the ants, she uses a sonic... Thing to you know that is supposed to kind of encourage them to move back outside, and it does seem to be working. Um, but yeah, I'm. But I, I also, I'm with you. I can hear that thing when it's set up to its highest level. I'm like, I can hear that, and that that really bothers me. I can hear me. it
0: when it's at its lowest yeah. level too. Yeah. Like, I, part of that might be just because of the training I have with music, mm-hmm. and so I'm trained to hear little weird things like that. I don't think that you can. Well, no, you can train. Well, I
1: is the training going to is the training going to to work to such a level that it would actually expand your natural ability to hear within a certain sound range like i don't think that would be
0: that doesn't make sense to me well like, I, maybe but i just know that fluorescence vibrate at b flats and i can hear that and i can hear that stupid sonic thing okay i can hear it when i'm outside i can see the, I
1: can see the b flat like the pitch or the tone i can see that certainly certainly being something that would fall into training for for music But anyway, my, my point though, was, um, we, we know that we only have this ability to kind of see and and sense our physical Mm -hmm. world in certain ways or up to certain ways. So again, so I have to kind of look at that where going back to our, our prior chat about color, you know, like what would you, what would you say to somebody who comes in? Like they're looking for, say, just like a particular color candle to do a working, like what's your, what's your conversation with that, that person, that customer or client, like. You know, they come in and they're hellbent on using
0: a green candle for money. Well, what do you feel you should use? Um, no, I don't say that. I, I stick to pre- pre- the pretty basic things because... It's been prescribed so long at this point for so many years that it's almost like it's sunk into the collective consciousness.
1: So, so it is kind of like, again, like that chicken or egg thing where it's like, like the green didn't maybe initially have this association, but it sure as hell does now.
0: Exactly. You know, I'll use green for money, but I will also use white. You know, I, depending on how I'm working the money spell and, you know, this is, this is a case by case basis. So they come in, they're like, you know, I'm just trying to like, I'm trying to pull more money towards me. Like I'm already working a full-time job. I'm working overtime and I still like need more money. I have a conversation of like, okay, well, let's, instead of focusing on more money, since it seems like you're burning yourself out, let's focus on, you don't need more money, that money is just attracted to you money yeah. is attracted to me in all ways, shapes, and forms. It just appears in my bell box, it just appears in my house, it appears. We just focus on that, we focus on that. And for that, I usually go with yellow or orange candles. Okay. Um, orange is good for success, uh, you know, orange and yellow are associated with the sun. Um, you know, if we had big gold candles, I'd usually use gold because gold's good for success. Gold's mm-hmm. good for money yeah. and, and prosperity <clears> and stuff <throat> like that, because yeah. gold, gold coins, right? Um, uh, and that's usually how I'll work that, but if they're finding it's more of a worthiness issue mm-hmm. and they're hell bent on using a candle. Um, I usually will steer them towards like purples because purples are good for sovereignty okay. and it's good for like helping you kind of establish that. No, I deserve this money. I, I deserve it. I've worked for it. I deserve this race. Yeah. Okay.
1: No, I mean, no, I think that I think that's, that's, that's a case by case basis. Yeah. And if they're helping you're, cool. and you're, and you're, you know, I mean, you know, just, you know, transfer transparency. It's like you're, you are a part of spiritual traditions that do seem to have kind of what would be considered more established, like not rules necessarily, but like this color typically has this association within this practice.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and because of the different ones I'm in, I can see where they would be used differently in different ways. I'm thinking,
1: I'm thinking like the Hoodoo
0: and Contra community specifically. Oh, oh yeah, most definitely. Where you're going to be like, okay, this
1: is what we use green for. Oh, yeah. This is what we use red for. Mm-hmm. Like this, Oh, yeah, most definitely. Yeah. Um,
0: I mean, red's good for passion power. And well, right, yeah, red has a lot of uses. Yeah, yeah. Uh, red, red is also good for warding and warning. Yeah. You know, you're going to set wards, use a red candle. Everyone goes straight to black, but use a red candle. Yeah. I mean, think about it. Stop light. Yeah. Stop signs.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yep. If you look at things in nature, certain animals and insects, they're the ones who have big red eyes mm-hmm. on their back yep. to make predators go, oh, that's spoopy. I don't want to go there.
1: Yeah. Well, it's also supposed to tell the predator
0: that they taste bad. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want my energy. It tastes bad. Red exactly. candle,
1: Exactly. Red candle. Yeah. One last note on color. Apparently green, the color green, is the first color that we see as infants, like as our vision starts to develop, oh, interesting. green is the first color, and as a result it's supposed to be the easiest color
0: on our eyes. I always thought that was very interesting. That is interesting. Yeah. I had a professor in college who wouldn't grade in red, he'd grade in green. Okay. Because though your paper would come back looking like a beautiful plant mosaic, mm-hmm. um, if everything was wrong, it, you didn't feel as bad. It was very weird. Like, yeah, well, like I mean, yeah. Psychologically, that, um, color has association. Yeah. yeah. That color showed up, and you'd be like, oh. And he'd be like, yeah. And you just, just you have yeah. to be better. Yeah. And it's like, thank you. Gotcha. Versus, you know, when the music theory professor would hand me my, my exam and it was like he slaughtered a goat on it with all the red marker, hmm. he'd be like, it, it was okay. He, I just know you're not getting really? it. Really? Obviously, you weren't doing very well with these exams. I was. My exams are always better. But like if it was a homework, ah. like Doctor Uzo would be like, I just know that you're not getting it. Let's set up a time and he's always very nice about it. Like, okay. let's set up a time and we'll sit and we'll like actually work through this and then I'll increase your grade if you if you get the concept. Hmm. But like that initial like shock of red like <gasps> it was like heart wrenching. Yeah. yeah. It's like I'm it worse. Well it's well it is. It's 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 it catches the
1: eye and mm-hmm. it yeah. So, I mark my students' yeah. music in blue. Well that's nice of you. Okay, yeah. is that because you associate blue with sadness and you're like, it makes me sad that you didn't do better on this? No, it's because I oh. asso-
0: associate blue with calm.
1: Okay, yeah, that's fair. I'm going to be teaching the class this weekend on healing with stones and crystals. Ooh, yes, tell us We're going to talk about color in that class, and it's going to be a really quick talk on color. And spoilers for those of you maybe who listen to this who are taking that class, but color means nothing. When you are working with stones
0: and crystals. And I will elaborate on that more in class. Um, to find out more, call and register. 801-601-1795? Yes. <gasps> well, that's for the... Yeah, I mean, that's that's the shop's number. I did it! So I've memorized the shop's phone number. 801-601-1795. Yeah. Yep. Call us if you want to register for that class on Sunday. Yeah. Um,
1: okay. What else? What else oh. has been been knocking around in your brain
0: these days? Oh, not much. I feel like my brain is just dead. Um. Uh. Side note: If you're you if you're an avid incense user, make sure you actually blow out the incense. Oh yes, you were telling
1: me something about this. You're saying you had actually seen um, some people online that
0: were lighting incense and a stick of incense, and then letting it burn <clears throat> and just letting it burn all the way down. Yeah. Like, that made me go, huh, I wonder if that's why my incense, people go through my incense so much. Huh. So, hmm. incense burning 101 for those of you who need it. You light the tip of the incense stick or cone and you let it burn for about 30 seconds. One, one thousand, two, one thousand, three, one thousand, etc. Oh, even that might be too long. After that, you blow it out, and you let it smolder. If it's really, really fresh and fully loaded with oils and botanicals, the smoke is going to be black because it's burning off the excess. It's not a demon coming for you. It's not a sign from your spirits or your gods. It's called science. I took that
1: call this week, actually, about a spell candle that someone got, and they were burning, and the inside of the glass was black with soot.
0: It wasn't one of ours? Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah, but it's, but it, I mean, it's a, it's a jar candle, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and this person was really freaked out about, like, well, oh, what does this mean? What is it, you know, and I was like, that's that's science, You're burning a candle. You didn't trim the wick, so the fire burned really high, and the wax in the candle was burning probably fairly quickly, Mm -hmm. and it was producing a lot of soot, and that soot was collecting on the inside of the glass. So you're good. Don't worry about it. Right? I just, I just, I, I got off that phone and I had to giggle a little bit. I was like, oh my god, I, feel, I felt bad because this person was very clearly freaked
0: out. Okay, well, here's the thing. <clears throat> In conjuring hoodoo, when we're reading a candle, particularly mm-hmm. if it's a seven-day novena, yeah. um, and we're doing that, and black so- starts to appear, that does actually mean something. But you also have to take into consideration the manufacturer, how they're made, what type of wick they're using, because the wicks that we use... Uh, the only wicks that we could really find that would work in these candles burn really hot. Yeah. Like, really hot. And as a practitioner who uses our candles, I will trim that wick short as hell. And because it's already loaded, it's already charged up, and I add my own oomph to it. I don't add any oils or anything usually. Um, and I let it burn. It will still build up with soot. And I just know, and I warn our customers as well. Like, if you're a person who reads candles, understand that it's this is not a sign. If it cracks, that might be a sign because I've never had one of our Novenas crack that we make. Yeah, I've never had one of those crack. So if it cracks, okay, that might be like a all right, let you know probably do a cleanse and yeah. move on with your life. But um, yeah, it's amazing. See, even
1: even in practices though, where you would be inclined to read the soot that would collect on a glass jar like Mm -hmm. a glass candle jar um there are still very specific ways to do that reading oh yeah and you're looking for the soot to form in particular patterns in particular patterns on the glass it's not just like oh there's soot on the glass yeah
0: it's like um well and if any of the herbs have adhered to the soot as well yeah so there 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 are there are things and 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 yeah i I could understand someone's legitimate concern, but that's oh yeah, why. I mean,
1: like I said, I felt badly for this person because they were very, they were obviously yeah. freaked out, you know. And I, I wonder what camel they were using. Um, oh, I, I honestly I don't know. Uh, but by the time I got off the phone, they, they were like, oh, okay, as long it's as like, everything's okay, you know.
0: Um, yes, I mean it's like it's like the people who buy the pillar candles and they don't remove the 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 label. Oh, and the whole candle catches yes. fire. Yes, and yeah. they're like, uh-huh. "What god did I piss off?" And it's like, "You didn't. You just yeah. didn't remove the extra flammable paper yes. that is around yes, the, the, the candle." Paper label
1: around the candle. Yeah. You need to take. That <laughs> Good off.
0: for you. You made a torch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, that, that, that's another thing. It, that that's something that still is I, I'm seeing as an issue, in in the newer generation of witches. Is, is everything is a sign. Everything is a sign. Everything is a sign. Everything is a sign. And part of the reason they're doing that is because, like, I'm getting back to my roots. And in folk magic, like, there's superstition everywhere. Okay, but we've also grown as a society. We've evolved-ish as a human race. And we should know that if you're getting a headache in the middle of the day, there are things you need to do to make sure that... It's a mundane thing. Example, is there a storm coming? Have you been sitting and staring at a screen all day? Have you drank some water, you dehydrated witch? You know, um, are you prone to migraines? Are you in a weird place where there's a lot of sunlight? Are there allergies? These are all things that you need to be taking into consideration Mm -hmm. before jumping right to, boom, I've been hexed. One of those lemon hexers got me. One of those people who abused those poor little lemons, they got me. Now I have to do a full return to sender post about it and do the whole emo swipe like, you don't know who you messed with on fucking social media and make a big to-do out of it. When in reality, if you just drink some water and like maybe did some neck stretches, it, you'd be fine. It's just called being a human.
1: Well, it's funny you mentioned that. I mean, like perfect example, because again, this is something I was thinking about recently, but we talk about how as time has progressed you know as we've I, I say we've evolved as a as as a, a, well, the
0: a pandemic proved that wrong
1: <clears throat> i was just thinking about it. i was thinking like, like i got to like say how we've evolved as humanity but i you know it seems like there are still a lot of ways that we're moving backward anyway but um we think like a perfect example you know like like thousands of years ago more primitive cultures would have seen something like uh an eclipse mm-hmm you know, and that would have been terrifying. Like, oh, my God, the sun just disappeared. What the hell? You know, mm-hmm. you know, um, you know, will it return? You know, and now, I, you know, I, I, I can't look at the sky because then I'll be blinded. You know, like, I mean, just, just weirdness that we, you know, and then and we understand now because of our, you know, with, with the way that our science has, has progressed, we, we understand our world and our, our, our just, you know, we understand things just in general so much better now. You know, and, you know, and so those are, to me, perfect exemplars. So that is a perfect example of how, as we've progressed, we we have to be able to relinquish many of those old uh,
0: superstitions mm-hmm. so we can't allow those to influence us the way that maybe we would have centuries ago. Most definitely. We can appreciate those superstitions mm-hmm. and still somewhat incorporate them. Oh, yeah. You know, but you yeah. need to rule out the mundane first. Yeah. Example, if I just got a headache... Mm. Randomly sitting here. Do you have a headache? You keep talking about this. But okay. it's just a common example because that's what everyone always starts talking about. Um, oh. it's, it's a very common thing. Um, you know, I get a headache and I've just dealt with someone who felt really off and quite frankly made me anxious and stressed me out. I'm not going to go talking right... are talking about me, aren't you? No. Um, I'm not going to go straight to... Um, like oh my god that person's attacking me one i trust my spirits and my own like wards enough that i don't need to worry about that you know that makes me sound a little arrogant but i trust my i trust my stuff and my power to that that i will know if i'm getting attacked um and so i'll sit and honestly i'm prone to getting headaches if i'm getting anxious You know, my blood pressure increases and therefore more blood is pumping through my brain and it creates a vasodilative effect because everything's pumping so quickly. Mm -hmm. So what I need to do is I need to drink some water, I need to sit down, and I need to breathe, and I need to let my partner, Mike, know, hey, I need you to watch the counter for a few minutes while I calm down. Okay. And that's that. And after about five, ten minutes, the headache will start to go away. If it doesn't, I'll pop a few ibuprofen and I'll move on with my life. Now, if that headache persists and consists and I'm noticing not only is it a headache it's moving into like I'm getting sick or I'm feeling foggier than usual or I'm seeing weird things out of the corner of my eye more than usual mm-hmm. then I'll probably sit down and do an analysis like kind of like check out my energy maybe pull a couple of cards talk to my spirits and see like what's going on and then if they're like oh yeah no like evil eye then I'm like okay I'm gonna do our removal get it taken care of and move on. Um, Another thing that I want to talk about is like, return to cinders. Yeah, you were you were chatting with someone on social media about this in recent days. Yeah, and they become they these things go in waves. The popular the popular spells. you are fallen asleep over there. No, I'm, so I'm sorry I'm listening to you. I'm so sorry that I'm so boring. Um, these things go in waves i mean first you have the limit hex now you have the return to cinders then you have this cute little spell jars and they just come in waves and all i can say is that a return to cinder is just exacerbating an issue can you elaborate on why yes because if you've legitimately pulled cards and you have divined that it is another practitioner who has sent something at you Chances are that other practitioner most likely has some wards up in place, right? Mm-hmm. I, would, I would
1: think. You, if, you're, oh. if you're out there trying to send hexes and curses at other people, you better know how to protect yourself. Yeah.
0: And so, okay, cool. Whatever. So you sit down and you decide you're going to do a return to sender. Well, it's now going to hit their wards. And they're going to be under the impression that, oh, they've been attacked and so now they're going to redo a return to sender on your return to sender and it's just going to be magical volleyball back and forth back and forth back and forth until one of the people spikes harder and boom then everyone's exhausted yeah you know you you've exhausted because for months you've been doing return to senders and probably have burned through several candles, several chime candles, because that's all anyone knows how to fucking use at this point, and it's really irritating to me. Like You do hate the chime candles. I don't hate the chime candles, but, like, <laughs> expand your fucking craft. Like, go to the dollar store and get a Novena. Like, like actually it's learn... It's okay to use a big girl candle. Yeah, it's okay to use a big girl candle, guys. Doing those little chime things, because <laughs> they're cute and they're aesthetic. Like, cool. Uh, they're gonna burn in about 15 to 30 minutes, and... Cool. Shows how much commitment you have to your craft. Anyway, moving on. Now having said
1: that, we also need to be considerate that given people's individual financial situations, sometimes that they need to go with a chime candle. You're right.
0: However, a chime most,
1: candle is gonna work most just Most
0: metaphysical shops are going to be selling those chime candles for an absurd amount, except our shop. You know, um, you're gonna go to a metaphysical shop, they're gonna be selling a chime candle for a dollar fifty, two dollars, two fifty, go to the dollar store. Pick up yourself a white novena that is literally a dollar.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Boom. Yeah, You now have a big girl candle, and you can do some big girl spells. So you're doing this return to sender back and forth and back and forth and back and forth, and then just finally just boom. If you feel that you're on the receiving end of an attack, do not retaliate with a return to sender unless you know you can spike harder than the person who sent it at you.
1: And in that situation, just to be very clear, to add to what Austin says, that is not the moment for you to allow your ego to get the better of you. That is not a moment to be conceited or arrogant about your practice, because a lot of the time, you might think you're hot shit. You might be hot shit. But I would say the majority of the time, you may not really know who that other person is. Mm -hmm. I have seen some interactions, I've had some interactions with spiritual practitioners over the years where someone has portrayed the image uh, very well of being something other than what they really are. And then you find out later on, like this person knows their shit. They are powerful. Mm -hmm. You might've thought this person was new and didn't really have much power or much that they could potentially use against you, but boy, you were wrong. And now you're in trouble. Mm-hmm. So don't get proud.
0: Yeah. So you need to make sure you know who that is. And that doesn't mean pull cards on your own. If you seriously feel you're under attack, go find a reputable witch who also is a psychic, not a psychic. Who's just a psychic.
1: Are you saying psychic or side kick? Psychic. Psychic.
0: P-S-Y-C-H-I-C.
1: Yes. Okay. I, just have, I have to tease you because we, we have that conversation here in the shop on occasion. Yeah. Did you say sidekick?
0: No. Sidekick. Like no, I
1: said psychic. So
0: sidekick. Because all witches are psychic, but not all psychics are witches. And so when you go, and you see the witch, and you sit down, they pull cards. Like yeah, you're under attack. Or folk practitioner. Or folk practitioner. They're going to be able to help diagnose where it's coming from, or at least give you some an idea on how to go about it. And if they're an external source, they might be able to be like, yeah, you can't handle this person. Just remove it and move on with your life. Yeah. And would you say that in in most
1: situations, it is just really better probably just to ground that out and to move on? It's
0: better to just ground it out, remove it, move on and bolster yourself up, you know, and also ask yourself, what did I do that could have, that could have warranted this reaction? Sometimes you really haven't done anything, but I am a personal believer that Hexes aren't going to stick. Curses aren't going to stick unless, one, that practitioner who sent it knows what the hell they're doing, and, two, it's warranted and justified. Yep. I mean, sure, you could flippantly throw one like that and be petty about it, and it might stick for a couple of days, and then eventually it'll just dissolve. So what's your opinion on a situation, say, and this is this is a, for instance... I'm loving our podcast tonight. But
1: this is... Um, you just threw me off with that comment. Sorry. So this is a for instance, but this is also not. I think um, th- this is this is I think a highly common thing that we see happening. So. We know as people, particularly when we have situations that we're not, you know, maybe we're, we struggle with self-worth or we have issues of self-esteem mm-hmm. or, you know, you know there, are, there are lots of things, right? But we know sometimes that we don't necessarily go throughout life. We don't curse ourselves, but we could unintentionally cross ourselves. Oh, most definitely. You know? And so in a situation like that, where someone has, where, where they themselves are primarily responsible for any kind of negative or limiting energy around them, and they decide, I'm going to do a return to sender. How how do you how do you see that impacting that person? Well,
0: we have uh, we have experience with, with this within uh-huh. our own circle of people that yeah. we that we are connected with, and all it does is it rebounds, it recoils, and it continues. To, you're playing magical volleyball with yourself. Essentially, yeah. what's happened is you projected the shadow. The shadow is attacking you. You're trying to retaliate, and all that's happening is you're attacking yourself, mm. and you're giving that other person who you believe is attacking you absurd amounts of attention power and energy that's just what it is i i have been in that situation a lot because i'm sassy i'm fiery and i speak my mind most of the time which means what no me you know i i've been there i've done that and automatically because i get bolstery and i get fiery and i get bombastic about my responses people assume that i'm petty enough i'm gonna go home and i'm gonna light a candle and throw a hex at them i don't have the time they're not worth the herbs they're not worth my components components are getting more and more and more expensive every single day i'm not gonna waste most of the time time it's
1: just not worth
0: it it's just not worth it you know and so at that point they're thoroughly convinced i'm doing something to them They've given me a whole lot of power. And so they decide they're going to return to sender. It just returns back to them, you know? And it's it's very interesting because I've also seen it where people, instead of doing a return to sender, they decide to actively retaliate. So they will take what they believe is something you have flung at them and they remove it and they decide I'm the bigger, batter witch. So I'm going to retaliate. And then they send it. And then the other person picks up, like, someone's actively trying to work against me. Yeah. And most of the time, if it's a well-learned witch, we're just going to go, cute. And we're going to dismantle it and move on with our lives. But some of us have a code of ethics or kind of like a set of rules where it's like, your first strike, we're going to remove it. Oh, you're doing it again. Okay. I'm going to send it back to you. With a, like, you need to stop this. And I'm most likely going to approach it from a mundane perspective at that point. I'm going to approach you, and I'm going to say, hey, I know that because we had this disagreement, you think that I'm doing this. I'm not. I can assure you I'm not. I'm going to appreciate it if you would show me the same respect. Okay. By the third time, I'm tired. I've had it. Not only am I going to... Dismantle everything you've done I'm going to take it amplify everything that I want to do and I'm going to send it back to you and you're going to learn your fucking lesson and I'm going to tell you hey so those things you keep doing to me yeah I know you're doing them have fun bitch okay and that's usually where it's at and I very rarely get to that point I very rarely get to that point where I have to have that exchange I think it's happened maybe four or five times in <coughs> my entire life where I've had to have that exchange Okay. Oh, yeah. Though people think that I'm hexy-mix-hexy, cursy-mix-cursy, I'm really not. I'm much more apt to just be like, this person is hurting. Maybe I should do some healing. (laughs) We're going to send them some healing. Because obviously they need that a little bit more than I do.
1: How's that curse? I cursed you you with with cursy. Sorry, that was going through my head as you were saying that or finishing that sentence. Um,
0: Okay. How do you feel that I responded with those steps?
1: Uh, Do, I, would you agree with <laughs> what I said? I would agree, yes. So I have one more thing I want to say I, because I just realized where we're at on our time and we're, we're, you know, we're kind of, you know, not that we're on the clock necessarily, but we, we have fun. One thing I would like to say, and those of you that I'm directing this next little, little, not a rant, but just this, this next thing I want to discuss, this is really primarily gil, geared toward those of you who are following a lot of witchcraft, folk practice, whatever they may identify as, um, personalities on social media. Okay, and there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with going out and liking witchy creators, you know. I mean, Austin and I are both on social media. We try to teach and share information. Um, But I've noticed... An awareness coming up more and more in people around an issue that social media, witchcraft, and spiritual influencers always kind of come across this issue, okay? And I guess what I'm trying to say, if I'm just being simple or putting it simply, is if you follow someone who is giving you instruction on any kind of spiritual practice and through the presentation of that information, it looks more like they are actually performing you know like they're more interested in being entertaining or putting on a performance or being perceived in a certain way you know they're more about the look or the aesthetic and i'm not talking the witchcraft or what they're doing aesthetic i'm talking about them personally you know um they're more about these things even if they are presenting good information, sooner or later, the information that they are presenting is going to come second to the personality that they are trying to portray. Mm-hmm. It has to. That's how social media, that's how popularity, that's how celebrity and fame work. And as someone who has seen a number of people kind of fall into this trap of you know, of having to put on the show right, to cultivate the following, you know, um, those those people usually end up, we'll, we'll just say with, within a certain amount of time, things usually start to kind of fall apart for those people.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Um, it's it's a pretty messy thing to watch people go through, um, you know, and in the process, hopefully maybe they've learned a lesson, but to, to those of you, again, and, and if any of you, again, if you follow people, Uh, internet personalities. Or if
0: you're one of these Um, internet personalities. Yeah,
1: exactly. Or if you are one of these people, absolutely. I I would say, again, please do consider a bit more what exactly it is that you are presenting. Not in the realm of the information necessarily, but in yourself. You know, like if you're, if everything you post, if everything that you watch from a creator is super high drama and they're, you know, and they're shouting and really... I was upset needlessly or seemingly they're always talking about how big and bad and powerful they are and how they're always caught up in witch wars and how they're having to hex and curse people because somebody thought they were powerful enough to attack them and I'm going to show them, you know, if you're seeing things like that coming from people that you are, are following online it doesn't matter what platform um, please stop following those people because ultimately they're not really giving you anything of value Mm -hmm. if you're looking for entertainment then you know wonderful but at least be honest in that situation be honest about why you're really there because you're obviously at that point not really there to learn anything about spiritual practice you're there for the show
0: Mm
1: -hmm. you know and it's not that you can't have a show and learn you absolutely can, right? That's what theater that's, is for. That's what, well, and that's kind of how you present a lot, Austin. You tend to get very, you know, in some of your classes, you tend to be a little flamboyant. And, I'm
0: flamboyant and performative. But, but and you're
1: still relating good information. Well,
0: I'm relaying good information, and, and I know, I think I know when it's appropriate to do that, though I struggle with it sometimes, because that... that I'm front. always there to really in. Well, that, and that front is because I have such bad... No one would believe it, but I have really, really bad anxiety and social anxiety. And so because I grew up in performing arts, the easiest thing for me to do is to step into that. You know, I don't want to be standing up in front of a class fumbling over my words, visibly shaking like I'm, I'm shaking right now. I'm nervous people are going to hear this Um, because they are uh, shaking and losing the track of where I'm trying to teach a class Mm. because stupid little monkey brain is, no one likes you. That person's looking at you funny. You don't really know what you're talking about. You're an imposter, 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 imposter. Mm. So I step into that because one, it's very comforting for me. It's grounding for me. It helps me stay true to who I am and it helps me um it helps me keep the energy lively in my classes because I I get that
1: and I think and and it's a very human thing I think I think in different capacities all of us have moments where we we struggle with imposter syndrome yes um you know but I, I also have to say that in the context of seeking out teachers particularly teachers that you don't really know because we don't know these people online mm-hmm. right these are what they call parasocial relationships right where we yep. we have a familiarity but our familiarity is really entirely with whatever it is that they put forward mm-hmm. that might not be entirely who they are right mm-hmm. or who they are at all right and so we have to be we have to be honest about that mm-hmm. but we also hold on but we also I think we need to to also, be very careful, and this I and I want to be very clear with how I word this because mm-hmm. we're all human, mm-hmm. we all have weak moments, we all have situations in our lives where we maybe we don't step up to the plate as much as we should, or we we feel maybe in, for what in whatever way, maybe we we fail a little bit, mm-hmm. you know. Although it might is my personal belief that we never really fail as long as we try. Um, but um, but I think in the process of, of seeking out elders and
0: teachers, um, if someone calls themselves an elder, they're not an elder.
1: Yeah, that I was gonna say. Yeah, if someone if someone's telling you they're an elder, yeah, I, I can tell you right now, it's highly like likely that that person is full of shit. But um, but getting back to my point, if you're, um, if you're finding that you're having to put on a performance to hide imposter syndrome issues or insecurity around that, mm-hmm. that that tells me right there that you're not really in the The position of personal power, maybe that you should be, and it might just be in that moment, right? Like who knows? Maybe you had a bad day, right? And Mm -hmm. you're just not able to bring it at that moment, right? But over time, Mm -hmm. you know, like if that's always what you're having to do, or Mm -hmm. that's always what you're noticing someone is doing, and there's a part of me that's kind of like that might not be a teacher you want to really learn from, Mm -hmm. you know? They they their academic knowledge might be really really like might be spot on, but. From where they're at in needing to do this, they can't really be putting mm-hmm. their themselves behind this information, mm-hmm. you know. And I guess I, I, like I said, for me, that's 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 like something that I've been aware of. I've I've worked with, I've had so many teachers over the years, you know. And I and I still seek out teachers and learn from people all the time. And you know, and I but, and I've had a few over the years that have kind of slipped in before I realized who they really were, you know. And it became clear at some point that you know, like you're, you're not really what you claim to be and you don't really have really a, this, the stake in this that you should. Mm-hmm. You know, this was all a role or an act, mm-hmm. you know, and one, you played really, really well because you, you got me to buy in, um, you know, and so I guess I just, I hate to see people mm-hmm. falling into that.
0: Mm-hmm. You, you need to vouch for your teachers. Mike's talking about me this entire time. I'm not, actually. I'm not um, talking about you. No, I I, I see that. There's, there's a point where, well, and, and you've seen, because, like, there are certain subjects that, when I teach, I'm really super excited about.
1: Yeah.
0: My incense class, I love teaching about incense. Yeah. Are you kidding? It's something I love to do. So I'm going to get excited about it. But then there are other subjects where I am a little bit more reserved. Like, when we get into, um, like, you saw in The Week in the Witch a couple times last year. Like, I'd be excited for a couple of things. And then, like, we get into, like, okay, now we're actually going to talk about this. We're going to discuss this. And, you know, and so you need to make sure that you're... you're finding some sort of source for that teacher that I don't want to say qualifies them, but um you, you see the real them. Well I again I just want to say like at the very least, like you
1: owe it to yourself to really look closely at who it is mm-hmm. you're you're taking in information
0: from. Most definitely. So. You know, you, you need to be able to if you can sit and you can have a conversation with them and they're not performing mm-hmm. um and and this is the thing. Is there's a difference between performance mm-hmm. and um and just their personality. Cause even yeah. just me in general, I have a little bit more of a bombastic, flamboyant personality. It really is just who I am. It gets exacerbated if I'm anxious, yeah. most definitely. But I I was I was singled out a lot at another place where we were at because that's not the real you. That's not the real you. That's not the real you. And I'm like, no, this really is the real me. I'm so sorry that you can't take me at face value and understand that, no, I really am just like, I'm a bombastic kind of flamboyant person. And yeah, at home, I might be a little bit more quiet and subdued, but that's because I'm-, I'm You're a,
1: still bombastic at
0: home. I'm still bombastic, yeah. but not as such, not as much, you know? And so it's, it's, it's this thing where you need to make sure that when you're talking to your teacher or a mentor, that- you can also feel comfortable with them, that there's not always a performance going on. Yeah. And a lot or of, if, you
1: know, or if they're going to be bringing a performative element to the information they're presenting, that there, there's truly something of value behind or with, you know, within the performance.
0: Exactly. You know? yeah. So, um, yeah, I think our podcast went very well tonight. Okay. So
1: let's real quick, because we, we've kind of gotten into the habit of kind of ending our episodes like this. I would like to get your, your position or your take on how you would handle, to, of course, supplement mundane action, uh-huh. but how you would add your magical work, your spellcraft, your, add your spiritual energy to the issue that we're seeing now in Florida. And what I mean specifically The Don't Say Gay Bill? Yes. DeSantis signed that bill into law this week. It is now officially Florida law that you cannot say gay in particular situations. Like in schools now, you can't talk about that, right? Uh, Particularly as a teacher, you can't use that term anymore to address the different uh, sexual identities of students, right? And the whole take on that, because you know that the Christian movement put is, you know, they're the ones backing Mm -hmm. this shit, right? Um, and And the whole purpose for that was basically they don't want... Um, that, you know their take on this is like, oh well, people talk like this and it, it indoctrinates our children. People talk about being gay and then our kids are end up being gay, right? You know, it's like you're turning them, you're turning them, right? Or you're or you're confusing them. You know, and you know, and we of course understand as people who are a part of that community and people who have actually had to go through the process of being in the closet, having to come out of the closet, and how scary that mm-hmm. can be. Well, and, and just being a and gay and teenager how, and not I mean, having people suffer. I mean, you know, people come out of the closet and they die. Mm-hmm.
0: You know, and... You know, well, people come out of the closet and they die. And then on top of that, with teenagers, if you're not open to talking about gay sex ed with your kid... Well, we're not talking about the actual... We're not talking... We're just talking about
1: the use of the word. We're not talking about sex education. We're talking okay. about a situation where... So you're, you're not up on this. Okay. So we're well, talking no, I, about... Like,
0: I, I'm aware of what the... We're to talking to gay about gay situations where, say,
1: like... A, 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 say... 15 year old girl okay. goes in to talk to her favorite teacher her, okay. her her history teacher you know and she tells her teacher you know and, and, and bear in mind the only reason that she's doing this is because her history teacher maybe has already kind of made it very clear that that she's, uh, safe that, that she's a safe space, okay. that she's open. Who knows, maybe she wears a little rainbow sticker okay. on her jacket or something, you know, where she's she's not LGBTQ, but, you know, like, but maybe she has a child of her own at home that is. Mm-hmm. So she's cool. She understands. She's grown, right? She's, she's come to terms with her own, maybe, internalized homophobia, you know, whatever, right? Yeah. You know, like, and she's cool. She's an ally, right? You know, and so because this young this teenage girl at 15 who is uh, at 15 years of age it has for sure at that point it started to maybe yeah. wonder question figure some stuff out right goes to this teacher who she believes is a safe space and tells this teacher I think I might be gay hmm in that situation that teacher is now legally required to contact that teenage girl's parents and tell her your daughter came out to me today at school you need to know that she thinks that she could be gay right or homosexual right because we all know the Christians don't like to use the word gay they prefer homosexual right Um, anyway and so here you go now you take care of it without really any concern as to the danger they have put that child in now if she goes home say she's got a highly conservative Christian family you know, God knows what else, right? Like, these, they're not allowed to say, I'm gay. It works the other way. If you have teachers and other adults who are in some professional capacity where they are working with other people who could be questioning their sexuality, you are now no longer allowed to say, I just need you to know that I am a safe space. And if you were gay, you could talk to me about it. They use the word "gay," which is now like, we don't say that word. You're indoctrinating. You're so that's kind of the idea. That's the thought process behind this. And I understand this is very twisted logic. Only a conservative Christian mindset that was full of fear and hate would be able to understand well, this. Only a thinking. closeted gay person. So would be, yeah. exactly, yeah. The conservative Christians are awfully uptight about the gays, and I, yeah, I think it's because a lot of them are closet cases. Um, anyway, so all that aside, okay. What would you, just one idea, one idea, what would you recommend throwing out there to to assist this particular situation on a magical level?
0: Oh, God.
1: Well, because, I mean, there are a lot of places or directions you could approach this from, right? You, you could, could try to do something it. to sway public opinion, to repeal the law.
0: Yes, you could do something to help strengthen and bolster the... LGBTQ community Mm -hmm. to have them rally um, and protect them. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know. This has just infuriated me. And uh, my response is burn it all to the ground, nuke Florida. (laughs) What about Disney World?
1: Eh. Which has also come under a lot of heat lately because they didn't really speak up in I defense know. of the LGBTQ plus community. I don't think that, that this law um, is
0: going to stay in place for. Oh, I don't
1: think time. so. There, there are already been so many people who have lined up to challenge this. And I think,
0: this. I think the the, the uh, Supreme Court will probably get involved and be like, "Yeah, that's stupid." Well, I hope,
1: I hope, but right now the Supreme Court is pri- is primarily conservative, so you just don't know.
0: Um, um, so I would do something around strength and healing, to to the youth specifically
1: cause you know so strength and healing or would you throw some protection in there maybe i throw to... some
0: protection as well um because being a being a child who when I when I I didn't actively come out to my father my mother used it in an argument against him
1: yes cause your child's questioning their sexuality is is relationship
0: collateral yes yes um Aquarius parents um and that was probably the worst year i think as a teenager i could think of because it was not just awkward but it was a lot of fear and so i know that what made me feel safe is that i bolstered my energetic protections in my room like that was my space and i bolstered them so much Mm -hmm. that my father wouldn't even like Like, still, even before I left, like, before we moved out and my parents got a divorce, like, he wouldn't even, like, step into my room. Like, he'd come to the edge and be like, Hey, come out here and talk to me for a minute. You know? Like, he was
1: afraid he was going to catch the gay or something? No,
0: like, he just... I think you could just feel like, this is my space. Back the fuck off where I'm going to stab you. Okay, okay. Um, Because I had sharp implements in my room. So, yes, protection for them. Because, though I don't believe that this spill is going to stick... Mm -hmm. I also believe that if we can give some strength, protection, and healing around that community, it will hopefully bolster them enough and give them enough, I guess, courage Mm -hmm. to stick it out and leave as soon as they can. Okay. Whether that is...
1: Or at least hang on until the the law is... Exactly. repealed. But in the meantime, how many lives are... Potentially.
0: Exactly. Know, remember, yeah, I, I I don't know how... It's I'd a com-
1: very... well. You, there's nothing you can do about that. I right? don't know it's how just... I would
0: come about it at a magical standpoint because I don't think magic is something that could handle it. I don't think magic is something that we should do. What we would need to do is we would need to sway the local lawmakers. Hmm. You have to start small when yeah. you're doing political magic. You yeah. can't just go straight for... Oh, I'm going to go straight for the fucking president. You have to go with your local. And when I say local, I'm not talking like, oh, like just florida i'm talking like your city your specific city your specific town like those are the people that you need to work magic on to influence it so i'd say if you're willing to do that i would say you would need to i would work some magic around those local authorities to boost their voices and quite frankly give them some spine to fight back and that's how i would work that um but also if i were in that situation as a teacher i'd be like i'm not going to tell your parents you're still safe i don't care if i'm legally obligated fuck that hmm. I, I i'm a teacher through and through and if a student confides in me mm-hmm. they're safe okay
1: well i, well, I guess where the, this becomes an i'm issue, getting emotional about this where this becomes a tricky situation for the teachers or, or and it's not just teachers it's really it would really t- actually it would be anybody in a professional capacity that would be interacting with with younger people who were you know maybe questioning mm-hmm. right um you know i think it's broader than that as well but that's 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 the one example that continues to pop up again and again where this has been like this is dangerous you are putting children's lives in danger yeah um you know anyway so but um but uh
0: how these, would you handle it because they
1: well these so these teachers though they're also um like because of the the way that the law is written now if you don't back this law if you don't obey this law and someone finds out like you you lose your job you lose like I mean you are you are severely penalized as as a teacher professional whatever you may be like you 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 could like, this this is a big problem
0: I work magic so, so they wouldn't get caught so
1: I, my, my, my goal on this I think earlier in, in bringing this up was you know again to maybe, maybe make some of our listeners more aware of what's happened and not that I think that they haven't heard because it's been all over the, the news for weeks now um, but since it was officially made Florida law just within the last couple of days in Florida um, you know this is, this is an important thing and again and I want to say fortunately I don't believe the law will stand for very long, it's already got so many people again challenging it. But, but I think in this situation, doing something to focus a bit of additional protection around the people that would be most likely to be harmed by this would be a good thing, um, you know. And that's kind of what I thought maybe, or I was thinking maybe where you might might kind of land on that same that same page. And you did, you did.
0: Um, I I'm just wrapping my head around being a teacher and. This is going to sound weird, but it's, it's a sacred, to me, that is probably one of the most sacred professions you can have. You are yeah. teaching, Mm-mm. I'm getting emotional, um, you are teaching generations. Yeah. And there is nothing more important than when a student comes to a teacher, confides in them. hmm and says, "I'm scared to talk to my own family about this."
1: Yeah, yeah, and that, and that's a reality for a lot of these
0: kids. Yeah, and that's a reality for a lot. That was a reality for me. Mm-hmm. And even as a teacher now, with my students, I've had those situations. Even though I'm a private instructor, where they come to me and they say, "Please don't tell my parents. Please don't tell my mom." And unless they're in danger. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to. They have confided in me. Yeah. They have confided in me, like... Like... Because they know that I am safe. Now, if they're in danger... I tell them, like... If you're in immediate danger... Then there's other things that we need to do. I, and... I... Can't fathom... As a teacher... Being told... That I have to now call this child's parents and say, hey, so your kid just told me that they're homosexual. Deal with that how you will, knowing via via meeting these parents that that child is now in danger and that I could potentially have blood on my hands as a teacher. Yeah.
1: Well, it would be my hope that the majority of the teachers out there would, if they were to find themselves in a moment like that, would probably maybe maybe pull that student aside and say, hey, I get it, like, and I, I want you to know I'm not going to say anything to anybody. I'm, I'm absolutely an ally, and I support you, but we're going to have to try to find a way for me to be able to support you that does not... Involved that this does not one does not word set off, that does not set off any alarms or or bells or whistles for the school administration or people that would maybe be paying attention you know based on your home situation i'm going to encourage you that you still stay in the closet at home because it's not so safe um you know and i'm and i'm again and i'm here but we we need to be very careful about this because you you and i could both end up potentially getting into a lot of trouble around this and you know and you know and i would hope that there would be teachers that would be human enough and kind enough that they would handle a situation kind of like that or they would at the very least tell that student i will absolutely keep your secret you know but we can't really talk about this anymore because this isn't really safe for either of us with this new law You know, this to me, this law is another example of how even though, and there will be people, I'm sure, even I I would hope people who listen to our podcast would not find themselves in this group, but maybe a few of them are. There are people around the world that will talk a whole lot about how the LGBTQ plus community is treated better, or we have special rights, or we want to be treated specially. We want to be think that we're better than people who are outside of that community. When the reality is, is that our community accepts everybody, even straight people. Yeah. You just need to not be a dick. Yeah. Right? Um, and then we see things like this falling into place, laws like this, and decisions like this made. I mean, this is a law. This is, like, this is law. You know, this isn't just some people decided we were going to handle this this way. Like, this is a law now, you know, that f- prove that the LGBTQ plus community is still, that we are still second class citizens that we still do not have all of the same rights. We do not have the security of privacy. We do not have the ability to, to basically be who we are and to be open and honest about that without fear and, and, and punishment. You know? And so, so I see things like that. And, I, you know, and for me, it really comes down to more, it's really to me less an LGBTQ plus issue and really more of a, this is a human rights issue.
0: Most definitely, and this, is,
1: and this is a safety for children issue, and this is uh, safety for teachers and other professionals who may find themselves in this situation who don't want to lose their job because they also have kids at home they need to feed. You know, I mean, so for me, this, this is a big thing, and this is a very human kind of a thing. Um, you know, and it's so, and, and because of that, there's this part of me that's like, "Oh, heck could say we got to get going on this. We have, we got, it, we, got it, we got it, we got it, we got it, we got to do some shit. We can't, we cannot allow this to stand." Um, you know, and the thing is, I'm sure she's already working, because we know she's amazing, and she has, in subtle ways, I think she's managed to help steer us forward as a, as a society, as a people. But uh, anyway, but I'm, I'm kind of with you on that. I, I would be in the kind of the same place, it sounds I, like, in, that, in focusing some protection around those who would be most likely to suffer under the ridiculous hate of this, this new law.
0: I, um, it's the 21st century. It's the twenty first fucking century. And if you're if you're listening to our podcast and you're one of those people who's like, eh, geese just wanna be treated special and you haven't turned away yet, let me tell you this. You don't need a straight pride. Do you wanna know why? Because you've never you've never had to be afraid of going to dinner with your partner and having a meaningful conversation. Yeah.
1: No no one fires you because you're straight. No
0: one fires you cuz you're straight. And and if you come back with well I had an employer who was and cool, maybe you were just a dick. Yeah, you know. So you need to check your privilege. And it's not that you probably haven't had a hard life because the reality is, is you've, you're probably bitter and hard. I mean, life, life's hard for everybody. You you're probably bitter because your life was hard. But the fact of the matter is is you've never you've never had to go to a family function and introduce your partner as friend as your roommate, or as your roommate you've never had to go to a work function alone because you know that if you brought your partner who is of the same same sex that you could potentially be fired or trouble made for you And so
1: for those, those situations are, are, go on and on. I mean, it's everything like you, you know, every time we go to see a doctor, we have to be super careful about that, at least until we figure out who that doctor really is. Oh yeah. You know, like you can't go into a doctor and say, oh, by the way, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm gay and, you know, you know, because yeah, if that doctor has a bias of some sort, they're either gonna say refuse to treat you or they're gonna do a shitty job because yeah. they don't care or they're you know or they're gonna think that you're diseased because apparently all will game in i'll have hiv and aids mm-hmm. still right that, that, or they're going that to that
0: intentionally bullshit. treat you worse and give you shit that's gonna make you sick exactly that those things do happen yeah so, so anyway that's okay we like
1: i said we kind of really got off on on a uh, kind of another and i got
0: emotional that. i'm sorry everyone so, But like anyway, oh my
1: man. god yeah. But anyway, so like I said, I just <sighs> I wanted to talk about that a little bit because that was one of the things that, that popped up this week that I was kind of like, like our world just, just, arr, just an asteroid just needs to hit our, pl- I'm just done, like, ah, just just, ah, you know, and yeah, but we can't do that, right? We can't give up. We've got to keep going and we have to try to find a way to. I think a lot of us are just. Combat tired. the,
0: the, the ignorance and, and fear. I, I was having this conversation with, with, uh, I think one, uh, one of our students and we've. We, we see a huge amount of activism and, you know, God bless this upcoming generation who is still going hard and heavy in their youth, you know, good for them and they're trying to make change. But then you have the generations like ours and previous generations who were just so... Tired of fighting. We're so tired of fighting. And it almost puts us into a state of complicitness and complacency. And all I can say is to those those younger people who are being activists, who are showing up, who are fighting, who are protesting. All I got to say is for as much as I bitch about young people, thank you. So, anyway. Well, all right. all so, right. All right, well, I think let's call this an episode. And for those of you who are not young, who still do those things, thank you. We will, um... um we, we will, will cry be, like a little baby now.
1: We will be back next week, um... With, uh, probably, uh a topic, a more focused podcast episode. We wanted to kind of try something a little bit different tonight to kind of see how this went. So if, if our, our ramblings or the fact that we didn't really have a particular topic of focus was a problem, let us know, contact us. You can message us on Instagram. You can find us on Facebook. You can always contact Cat and Cauldron. Let us know what you think about the podcast. If you have suggestions or, or ideas. Um, and if you loved what we did tonight, let us know, you know, maybe we'll do more of these kind of like just, free form let's just sit and bullshit kinds of kinds of episodes yeah. um we have a, a patreon in the works those of you who have contacted us who told us that you would love to support us in some small way for the information that we share um we are working on that we should have the patreon ready within the next um couple of weeks um and we'll be sharing some information if you would love to support us that way wonderful if not don't worry about it we will be here each week with another episode, regardless um
0: that's pretty much it for me that's pretty much it for me as well so thank you for listening to us ramble and listening to me cry <laughs> um uh stay safe stay healthy stay stay witchy and uh hail hecate